0: Hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, we have a very, very accomplished real estate entrepreneur, accomplished podcast host, and a medical doctor doing all of this stuff all at the same time, Felicia Froh. How are you doing today, Felicia?
1: I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Fantastic.
0: Well, thanks for being on the show. So first of all, where the heck do you get the time to do all of this stuff at the same time? I mean, most of the doctors I know, that's a more than a full-time gig. They're in there, you know, rolling up their sleeves a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're syndicating deals, you're doing podcasts, you're writing books. You're a very, very busy lady. So
1: how do you find time to do all of that? For a very long time, I was doing all of those things together. I recently... Well, about three years ago, I went part-time in my practice. And then most recently, I actually have stopped practicing full-time. And even I'm very, very part-time and just doing travel urology at this time. So now full-time real estate investing, podcasting, book writing, all of those things. And I think about medicine more than I do medicine these days. So
0: Felicia, I find this fascinating because a lot of people have this image that, hey, doctors have it made financially. Like why the heck would somebody who's pulling in doctor money be interested in real estate investing? So how did that whole journey start for you?
1: That's a good question. Yes. And I've been asked that question before because everybody does think you make plenty of money. Why are you doing anything? Why do you work so hard to do all these other things? And it started for me back almost just certain right after I started in practice when I realized that. I'm going to have to be on this treadmill for the rest of my life unless I figure something else out. And it was it was within that first five years that I knew that medicine probably wasn't going to be the last thing that I was ever going to do. It took me over 20 years to figure out exactly what it is I wanted to do with the real estate and how that played a big part. And it does play a very big part. And the reason I now do it and teach people about it, especially doctors, is because we all need to have other options for income. Multiple streams of income is the way to be because it gives you options. When you're tired of doing whatever you're doing, or you just don't want to do it that day, or you're just like, okay, I'm fed up with medicine and I can leave because I've got these other streams of income coming in, or I kind of don't want to do medicine or I like doing it and I know I don't have to do it. So it makes you like it even more because you know you could Chuck it if that's what you want. So it's more that wanting to have other options and realizing very early in my career that I needed to have other options.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because you know at the end of the day, a doctor is basically self-employed. You're an entrepreneur. If you stop practicing, you stop making any money. There's no exactly guaranteed paycheck there. So, alluding to Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad. Even doctors in the rat race, they're making a hell of a lot more money at it than, yep. than everybody else. But still, if they stop, the the money stops coming in. All right. So you kind of clued in fairly early in your career that you wanted to be looking at some other income sources. How did real <clears throat> estate flash across your radar? Why did you choose that? There's there's a ton of different ways to create passive income. <clears throat> Why do you prefer real estate?
1: Well, it's very, that's also very interesting as a physician you know, we see patients, one of my patients came in and she was young and she, you know, didn't have to struggle getting her appointments. Like, yeah, tell me what time to come and I'll come. So I asked her, what do you do? And she goes, I'm a real estate investor. It's like, huh, interesting. We spent most of that next appointment and several of her next appointments after that, talking about real estate investing. The way I bought my first house is that she went with me to look at it We looked at it. We walked out. She said, look, if you don't buy this house, I'm going to buy it. If you buy it, I'll let you use my crew to rehab it. If you buy it, rehab it, and can't rent it or are losing money, I'll buy it from you. I was like, okay, that sounds like a no-lose, so I guess I better do it. And it was back in the day when you could get assumable loan, and it was a VA assumable, and all I had to put down was 500 bucks. Wow. Yeah, that and that wasn't the 1990s either, you guys. That was into, <laughs> It was in this century.
0: <laughs> wow, that, that is so cool. So you started out with single-family homes. What were you doing? Were you doing buying old? Were you doing flips? What, what did you say? Oh,
1: buying hold. And it all started for me after I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and understood assets and understood that as a physician, I really am in the rat race, and I'm running a wheel just like everybody else. So it was, it all started for me with that purple book too. So yes, we did, we got like 18 properties in about two years, single family houses. And we thought we knew what we were doing until 2008, 2009 came along and we were not well capitalized and our properties, we were doing a lot of rehabs. The plan was to buy and hold, but we bought crap that needed to be rehabbed a lot. And so we kind of, we lost everything. We lost all of it after digging a deep hole, trying to save it all. It was rough. It was really tough. But after, you know, you get get back on your feet, you realize, I realized that it wasn't real estate that was the problem. It was my brain and how I thought about it that was the problem. So took more classes, got mentors, figuring it out ever since. It's a continual figure out, as you know, Dave. You always There's always something new to learn and started doing syndications and ultimately got to... So I've done a lot. I've done quite a few syndications of different kinds, multifamily, resort property, just different things that were okay, but just didn't feed me and didn't make me feel really happy inside. And then I learned about residential assisted living, which has a a purpose. You know, there's a, a mission behind that to me, a social mission behind that, where you're giving people a great place to live. It's great financially also. So that's when I really got into my money with mission and realizing that I want to do real estate investing and business investing that has a social impact that's improving more than just my bottom line, but other people's lives also.
0: But at the same time, it is contributing to your bottom line. So you're not correct. purely social type things. You're looking at social with a profit side to it as well.
1: Absolutely. Social capital is what we we're, we're look at as how we are termed is a social capitalist. We we can solve a lot of problems as capitalists and make money for ourselves and our investors as well as improve the community. One of the things I'm doing here in Tulsa is we're opening in grocery stores in food deserts and doing hydroponic grow or indoor controlled farming to bring fresh fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables to an area that does not have a lot. They get their vegetables shipped from California, Mexico, Arizona, all these places where, and we have a lot of water problems and we're approaching a lot of water problems we don't talk about very often in our country. But this indoor controlled farming uses much less water, doesn't degrade the soil, grows food much faster, and will be local you can get your food within 250 miles as opposed to from California, Arizona, Florida. So that's what I'm doing here in in Oklahoma.
0: Very, very cool. Very cool. All right, so let's rewind. You went through that crap storm and in 2007, 2008, you lost everything. You built up a significant portfolio, you know, 18 properties in in that time. So that's a painful loss, but you didn't, most people would kind of stop there. But you were very, very wise. You realized, hey, the problem isn't the the economy or the the situation. Well, that is a problem. But it was more how you thought about yeah, it and how you had exactly. it. structured. So how did that transition from single-family homes into bigger, locations <coughs> communications happen for you? How did you clue in that that's what you wanted to
1: do? Interesting. I believe my accountant at the time recommended, said, so you need more deductions. No. A physician, we make a lot of money. You, know, you got to figure out a way to save more taxes. Right. So she introduced me to a group, the real estate guys who shows people different markets, explains different things about real estate investing. I started working with them, traveling with them, seeing their things, saw single family homes again, but then was introduced to syndication through them and that's how i learned about the bigger so like if you want to do big deals you got to raise big money and that's through syndication so i went through a mentoring program with them and that's where i took it off interesting so
0: so for people that aren't familiar with it what does syndication mean to you
1: syndication means giving the average person and i consider myself an average person the ability to own something really big It's accumulating or raising money from individual investors who want to invest in real estate but don't want to manage their real estate, don't want to be a part of a business, don't want to be in the business of managing real estate, but they want to have that as part of their portfolio, tax benefits, all those things that come with it. So they invest with a syndicator and we raise millions of dollars to buy those gigantic apartment complexes that you see or malls that you see or hotels, all those things are probably owned by a whole bunch of different individuals and they're making money on them.
0: All right. Very, very cool. So that first syndication deal, how did you get started with raising capital from these individuals? How did, what were your call? What were kind of your first steps?
1: It was scary. It was my friend kicking me in the rear end saying, just get out there and do it. I started with people that I knew so I could screw up when I go and start talking to them. And I mean, it was people that I knew and had, and I'm going to say they had respect for me. They knew what I was doing and where I was going and what I was yeah. working to do. So talking to them raised my first 50,000. I thought, oh my gosh, somebody just gave me $50,000. And it was just a matter of it's networking. For me, it was networking, meeting people, talking to people, understanding them, having them understand me so that know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And it's become that it's still scary to me to take people's money. It really is. I worry about losing their money and it's it's stressful. So I would say, and actually the syndicators that I know, it's fairly stressful to take other people's money. And I think that's a good thing because we want to protect it. So It was, it's been networking for me. I don't have a secret formula. It's all about getting my name out there, getting to know more people and raising money that way.
0: Very cool. Very, very interesting. I know, you know, you've written books and you've got a podcast now. I would imagine that's been quite helpful for for getting to know more people.
1: It is helpful. It is very helpful. It's actually the part that I like the most is getting to know people and understanding where they're trying to go with their finances.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So these yeah, time flies when we're having fun. That's for sure. So I very very interesting about what you're up to, what you're raising capital for these days. You know the combination of real estate, residential, assisted living, plus you're you're doing these
1: what, it, indoor controlled farms and grocery stores and food deserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food
0: deserts. So I'd never heard that term before, but it's it basically exactly what it says, right? You have, you have to import everything. Nothing grows locally, so you're creating Farms where there weren't farms before and doing it indoors.
1: It is, but that is one definition. But also with the grocery stores, it's a grocery store in a food desert where there has not been a grocery store. There is not a grocery store within a certain distance. So the people in the neighborhood where we put our grocery store, they've not had a grocery store for about 10 years. They shop at Dollar General, Dollar Store. Are these small communities or parts of? This is part Hmm. of Tulsa, Oklahoma. North Tulsa is a food desert. So we've built a 16,000 square foot grocery store. We're about to open next week. It's pretty. It's all pretty exciting. Yeah, I know nothing about running a grocery store. I'm learning a lot.
0: <laughs> well, that's one thing I can tell about you. You're not afraid to take on new
1: challenges. That's wonderful.
0: Excellent. Yes. So Felicia, if people want to find out more about you
1: and maybe connect with you, what should they do? Go to moneywithmission.com. And we've got some things on there. You can download my seven steps to building resilient wealth. they will be great. If you want to just email me, you can email me at Felicia with at moneywithmission.com. That's f like frank, E-L-E-C-I-A at moneywithmission.com. And you can do that through the website too. You can get in touch with me very easily. Moneywithmission.com. Very good. Felicia, right.
0: thank you very much for the interview and all the best for these fantastic social endeavors.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, everybody take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm gonna invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book,